heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I, a few days back here, put a social media post out that basically had a, a picture of Barack Obama and Joe Biden. Very simple. And, and this was a written piece from one of our authors on the network, on America Out Loud, of course, okay? And the message on this post was, how do you spell incompetent? That was easy, right? Barack Obama and Joe Biden. That wasn't a head scratcher at all. And, and, the, and the title of this particular uh, article was The Curious Case of Incompetent Leadership. That's it. Now, that's an opinion. You either think that they're incompetent leadership or you love the style of leadership they provide. That's an opinion. That's, that's, an, that's an American right to have an opinion that you like or you don't like or you look warm or whatever it might be. I mean, you agree with that. There's nothing controversial about that, that post. It certainly isn't bullying and it isn't harassment either. Come on now. Well, it was pulled off. And it was pulled off of LinkedIn, nonetheless, LinkedIn. They're all in the game here, I'm telling you. They're all in the canoe. They all got their oars in the water as they try to turn this ship here of America around into a third world shithole, basically. So, I mean, how do you spell incompetent? That's, that's not really a trick question. It's just straightforward. And there's nothing edgy about it other than it's an opinion. So I, I received this, uh, th- this message in that said that they were pulling it off. Now, let me explain to you with LinkedIn, as many of these social media outlets, and they're, they're all over the place. They're all on fire, and they're, they're pulling people off and throwing them out of the boat. It's, it, you know, I don't know if their boat is sinking yet or not, but hopefully eventually it will, will sink. But right now, they're throwing everybody off. If you don't agree with their view, then you have no place in their boat. It's, it's definitely a leftist Marxist boat. And if you don't subscribe to that, you're, the, you're out of here. You see how that goes, right? But that's what's happening. Now, listen, I've been on there for, oh, wow, I mean, a long time. I, I, I don't know, a decade and a half. I'm not sure. It's been a long time. Never had any problems. But this is a whole new world order now, isn't it? Isn't it? And then the past, oh, three months, three, four months, things have gotten real hot. Well, they have removed about 10, approximately 10, could be a little more than that, uh, articles, posts, just basic posts, and reference them all as bullying and harassment and so on and so forth, okay? Now, let me say to you, the first one that happened to, the very first one I got in, I was like aghast. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Wow, where did this come from? I didn't see this one coming at all because I, I really have stayed out of the weeds and haven't had a lot of troubles. Yeah, listen, Facebook threw us off three years ago. Yeah, YouTube stopped demonetizing us. But listen, I'm not in the corner crying about it. I'm not a little crybaby. Okay, we move on. We brush it off and move on. Who, who wants to hear the message? Let's get it out there, right? I'm not one of these little whiny Republicans that sit there and bitch all day. There's plenty of those out there, you see? You know, the first one, 
that it happened to, I wrote a letter back, a, a very crafted, very good letter back to LinkedIn telling them I thought this was wrong and why I thought it was wrong. Well, do you know they reposted that? They apologize. And they always say they'll take a second look. If you want them to, just click here, please, and then tell us why. Well, I did that the first one. And they actually sent like an apology thing back through and reposted it. And I thought to myself, wow, well, that's kind of cool. I guess it worked then. So it looks like LinkedIn has gone along with it. Now they understand what free speech is. Because I explained to them in my post all about free speech and uh, uh, you know diversity of opinion and uh, American traditions and uh, you know our First Amendment. And, and we understand that maybe they don't have to subscribe to that because they're a private company. I mean, we get all of that. But if you're going to play in the field and call yourself social media and the interchange of information, you'd think you'd want to hear all sides of that discussion, right? And so they put that one back up. Well, you know what happened? Oh, about a week later, a second one. I wrote another letter back. I took the time and I don't have a lot of extra time to do this kind of nonsense, you see. But I wrote another letter back and this time they said, poo poo, Malcolm, you're not going to have your way. And they kept it down and said, no, you don't win this one. And uh, it's staying off. And then case closed. Now, there's no other link there to say anything at that point. That's like conversation done and over with, you see? That's done. Case closed, Malcolm. Done, over with. Move it along, please. Okay. And then it happened to a third one and a fourth one and a fifth one. And eventually I stopped giving up. I never responded anymore because it became part of the LinkedIn uh, paradigm over there that they're doing. They just want to pull things off that they don't like what you're saying. Now, you know, I don't do extremist stuff. I'm not doing bullying harassment. I don't use language. I don't, you know, I, I, we don't tell people we're going to beat them up. We don't get criminal. We don't do any of that stuff. We just have opinions that are more, you know, conservative in nature that people that love America, love our constitution. It's, it's not a real stretch here to figure that out. And so this one comes in just the, the last day or two here. How do you spell incompetent? And this one really got me aggravated. I was like, you got to be kidding me again. I mean, what is bullying harassment about that? I said, this is insanity. There, this is so straightforward. It isn't funny. And it obviously draws you to one conclusion. And you know what that is. They, they don't want to hear your opinions and thoughts. They want you to go along to get along if you're going to be in the Marxist Democrat vote. It's that simple. Right. And it's their company. They can do what the hell they want to do because they're not regulated. These are not utilities. And 230 doesn't mean squat right now because they're not touching in Washington because the power brokers in Washington are thrilled with this right now. Absolutely thrilled that they get their Marxist ways. So I responded to the last one and I, very simple. And also I, I kept it real short and sweet because I didn't have time to do a whole roundabout here. And so I said, please provide as much detail as possible about the reason for your request. And I said this. This is so wrong. There is nothing wrong with this post. It is not bullying and harassment. It is simply my opinion and millions of other Americans. We are not all supposed to like the same people and we have every right to say incompetent leadership. Freedom of speech has always been an American tradition. Diversity of opinion is what has made America strong and independent. Please reconsider. Well, they did send a response back and guess what they said? 
Uh, you lose again, Malcolm. So they only gave me that one strike up front where they reversed it. And now it is their rules, their game, and that's how they want to play it. Or you take your toys and you leave, which is happening on a lot of social media outlets anyways. Let's talk about tyranny in the public square today and what's happening. And there are so many examples of this fresh on the burner today here. But let me also bring on and introduce you to first time on the program here. Debbie Georgiatis is with us. She hosts a conservative talk show, America, Can We Talk? I like that. America, Can We Talk? Hmm. And uh, so let me tell you a little bit more about Debbie. She's a public speaker, author, a past Fox News radio national political analyst, former California labor employment litigation attorney. And like many Californians or conservative Californians, I should say, they've left that state and moved on to greener pastures. Um, and uh, Debbie, welcome. And so I throw out that LinkedIn example up front, which really got under my skin. And, and I usually am a big boy and can move on pretty quick. But this one really irritated me because it was simply a point of view. There was nothing in this thing that was inappropriate. What is your take on it? Well, first, thanks for very much for having me. I'm a little bit surprised to hear in your story that you got a substantive response to your earlier missives <laughs> to LinkedIn, that they actually responded and in, in that one case retracted. I think that the social media companies, LinkedIn is just getting started in becoming, uh, uh, in censoring people, but the larger platforms for social political commentary, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter um, are censoring conservative viewpoints more and more. And I am actually, as I say, impressed with that you got an answer because my times of trying to appeal when they took uh, shows down or they took interviews down and I got strikes against me, I got almost an auto reply, even though I wrote a very substantive, clear explanation of why I thought what I had presented on my show was appropriate. And I just got instantaneous. Uh, nope, sorry. It, it wasn't even, it was almost so fast. You wondered if they even read what I submitted. But yes, it's a, it's a very significant problem in America because there's this is where the town square communication happens in modern America is on social media. Yeah, and I thought you hit it so well. I watched one of your recent shows in, in the um, podcast video style uh, program, and I thought you hit really a couple of home runs in there actually here. And here's what you said, and this, this was profound to me. It spoke to me, Debbie, and you said... We have left-wing views, and no other views may be expressed, is what the left-wing is saying. And I thought that puts it really well. So they have left-wing views. That's what they want, that, that sort of totalitarianism. And no other views are allowed in the boat, basically. And I thought you nailed it with that. It, that is exactly what is occurring, and it is paralleling what we see in Washington happening, the uh, kind of growth of the federal government, all one side of the aisle is running everything now in Washington. And the notion of views that are inconsistent with what they want to be the truth or they're trying to claim as the truth are just, not only do they disagree with them, but they have the capacity to completely silence them. The shows I've had taken down basically fall into categories of any discussion of treatment for coronavirus other than whatever the other than waiting for the vaccine uh, and election fraud. Those two topics seem to be, you're being told 
can't talk about that anymore at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what I tend to be very careful of is, and we have been doing this right along, actually, we try to stay, um, not get real edgy in the posts that are put out there on all of the media, because we're on all of the social media, but we try not to get as edgy in there, in the post itself, and let them come back to the network and read more where there is no censorship. Now, you know, and I always have to qualify that, Debbie, when I say there's no censorship, uh, at America Out Loud. And l let me say what I, all right, it's a fine line to me, Debbie. Uh, to me, it's like, we can still be ladies and gentlemen and do this, can't we? Like, is what I'm thinking to myself when I think about all of our authors, our columnists, our writers, and our, our show host and all of it. And I'm thinking, in other words, yeah, no, I don't want hate speech. I don't want language. I want to keep it still a family production. But I don't consider. I just consider that being an adult and being reasonable, not censorship. So, when does that make sense? So, when I say no censorship, you know what I mean, right? Oh, I do, and I think that the was one of the most the hallmarks of Western civilization: the robust discussion of issues, debates, the expression of the ability to listen to other people's views and recognize we don't all agree. This is These are hallmarks of, of American freedom, of freedom of speech, and I, I, they're vital. I do think that's unfortunate when speech is laced with uh, vitriol or name-calling or uh, j just petty jabs. That isn't really what, what, you know, all that, I guess, falls in free speech, but the real concept of free speech, of just being able to express contrary views, especially, for example, with COVID, if you have a doctor saying XYZ is working in my practice, mm -hmm. that should, that's not uh, confrontational or aggressive. It's just a reporting of fact that when you have media willing to shut that down, they're really telling you, we decide truth and facts and no one else out there is allowed to do that. On any given day, you can get into the news cycle and it's so blatant in your face. So when I say it's in the public square, uh, Debbie, it scares the hell out of me because it is, uh, wow, it's all over the public square. And there isn't a date that doesn't go by where you don't have examples. So just today, just today, these are not like some crazy examples I went out of my way to find. These are things that fell right into my lap 10 minutes before I came on with you just now. But this is how easy it is to just look at the feet and say, oh, a bing and a bing and a bing and a bing. Okay, yeah, there we go. That, those are great examples to see how we're in trouble. So here's one of the stories I find this morning. Lucasfilm drops the Mandalorian star, Gina Carano, following a abhorrent social media post. And I thought, oh, my God, what did she say? She must have used some four-letter words. She must have been really grotesque. She must have been an evil little person because, you know, this is abhorrent social media posts. So then you go and read, and I read this, uh, the, the little summary here. And it says here, Debbie, that uh, she will not be returning to the series after Lucasfilm released a statement saying Carano is not currently employed by the company and there are no plans for her to be in the future. And this comes after Carano shared a post comparing the treatment of people with political differences in modern times to that of Nazi Germany. In their statement, Lucasfilm called Carano's post abhorrent and unacceptable. The actor has been dropped as a client by her talent agency, UTA, and she's damned for life now. Now, listen, I have plenty of writers and plenty of brilliant people, all intellects that talk about 1933 and what happened in Nazi Germany. And they see some uh, alarming 
similarities to what's happening right now. It wouldn't be unusual at all. I mean, you'd see that on our platform as well, for sure. So what do you make of this one? It is a great example on this topic that we're on because, as you say, parallels to what occurred in 1933 in Germany, even the years before that, leading up to the, the horrific uh, conduct by the German government throughout World War II, these are parallels made by leftists in this country that during the time of President Trump's presidency, frequent references to him as Hitler, uh, Nazi. So the left uses that all the time. And I don't recall any of them being taken down for making those kind of analogies. And on the right, uh, it is viewed as offensive. And it's because what this person was saying, she's, if she's talking about concern about censoring, really what she's comparing is the conduct of the censors today to how Hitler acted. And they're just saying, no, I mean, they're proving her point. They're proving her point. Yeah, you, we are going to be exactly as, as brutal as, um, as, you know, maybe not as Hitler is not going to round people up and kill them, but they, she really uh, hit a raw nerve with them because she is making the point that they are censoring people and controlling speech and thought just like Hitler tried to do. It's kind of actually, it's, it's a ironic or uh, hypocrisy that that would be taken down for that reason. And the whole notion, I, I actually do understand why people argue that there's too much analogy made, too many analogies made to Hitler. That was a horrible, horrible thing. World War II and the Holocaust was horrible. And that we shouldn't lightly compare conduct to Hitler. But the whole notion of the pre-Holocaust shutting down society, banning books, banning conversation, banning what you're allowed to talk about is exactly what many people see occurring in America today. And it's just ironic that she points that out and they're, they're kind of proving her point by shutting her down. They totally proved the point. Not that she was looking for them to prove the point, obviously, yeah. because she just lost her livelihood, uh, at least at this moment, until we see what happens. And to be also uh, losing her talent agency and all of that. And that's what usually happens. They all pile on. John, another one is not really a surprise. In fact, you and I and probably millions of others are waiting for the other shoe to drop on this one. Tucker Carlson. Okay. And again, many people understand and are surprised Tucker is still up there actually at the moment here. So he's facing criticism for misleading claims he made about the police killing of George Floyd is the summary on this, Debbie. And so as I come down to read some of these posts, let me read you here. Uh, it says here, um, Tucker Carlson needs to go the way of Lou Dobbs and Mike Lindell, one person says. Uh, uh, another one says, Tucker Carlson is Alex Jones with a bow tie. Of course, he doesn't wear a bow tie anymore. He wears a regular tie, but that's okay. Um, and uh, since Tucker Carlson is trending again for spreading crypto Nazi filth, you know, you really get the flavor of what people are thinking by looking at the, the, the comments and the feed just below this thing, you know. Tucker Carlson smeared George Floyd tonight, claiming he almost certainly died of a drug overdose. In other words, his opinion was, he said, claiming he almost certainly, he almost certainly died of a drug overdose. And I've heard that statement from hundreds and hundreds of people who have questioned, and certainly law enforcement have said he was heavily on drugs. And not that I want to go down the George Floyd Avenue with you, but that was the whole point of this thing. It looks like they're out for Tucker, aren't they? Oh, they really are out for Tucker and in great part because he is so persuasive because he has a large following and he continues to air stories that 
the media is describing as untouchable. And there is kind of a, the, people use the term cancel culture and it almost sounds too frivolous, but this idea of cancel culture being told because you've expressed an opinion not approved by the left-wing media world, or as I sometimes call them on my show, the Democrat media mob. But if you express a view that is not permissible, you are to be canceled. You are to be, everything you ever said is to be erased. You are to just be eliminated. And uh, on the George Floyd situation in particular, I have heard many people make reference. I think the police report indicated that he um, had a significant amount of drugs in his system for whatever reason it was um, that, that he did have that. And But the idea, this is George Floyd is on the list now of topics you're being told you may not discuss. I haven't, I have not on my show discussed um, other than the obvious video that everyone in America saw with respect to the uh, officer with his knee on this man's neck and the, uh, how it was uh, a springboard for protests in this country. But the idea that you can't talk about him or is a reason for you to be silenced forever is a really good example of where we are. You're being told there's a list of topics you cannot hit. One is whether or not uh, what the, the circumstances around George Floyd's death, unless you are gonna be condemning police, you can't talk about, as I, the ones I keep running to in my show, whether other treatments for COVID are available, whether there was election fraud, uh, whether there was any on the January 6th uh, attack on the Capitol, whether anyone involved in that was um, related or connected to the left wing um, side of the world, or is it all Trump supporters? You, there's a certain topics you're told you can't talk about in the way that you're described. Uh, I haven't read everything they're saying about Tucker Carlson, but you're daring to challenge the liberal orthodoxy. You are dangerous. You're, it's an unacceptable speech. It's hateful. You're bigoted. You're violating community standards. Um, and so you're just, the, the labels don't even fit or apply in particular to the thing that you're, that you're talking about. It's just a, a mechanism now to silence people talking about or taking positions that the left-wing world has decided you can't say. And they have a whole host of labels, whether it's on social media or in commentary online that just basically says you're done completely because you express this view. This is so unhealthy for America and what should be a very robust American political conversation on many topics. Yeah, they call you, when you do step out and say something, as you say, they call you a uh, right-wing racist, uh, you're right, and I love that right-wing, like anything that is different from, like you say, Debbie, you so nail it, from their viewpoint is a right-wing racist, and they have totally obliterated, they've destroyed the word racist. Uh, it means so many things to these people, they have no idea what it really means, do they, Debbie? No, in fact, you're uh, jumping on to that, that commentary about right-wing, it is the most amazing thing the words, for example, like extreme or extremist, mm -hmm. those have no meaning in the abstract. They only have meaning if you're applying them to a, um, you know, some kind of guide or, you know, what is the middle? What is the center? What is the normal accepted view? And, and then, you know, and what is extremist? But when, when they use the term extremist to create alarm in people, to cause people to conclude, I can't listen to this host anymore. I can't listen to this person. I can't subscribe to this view. I can't discuss election fraud anymore because that's only what right-wing extremists do. And you know the, the political spectrum is supposed to be broad in America. You're supposed to have people who are very far left, big government, uh, controlling all of society. You, know, you have what's supposed to be something in the middle. But so many things that I think are mainstream and main street America common every day, millions of people believe these things, 
are things that the right, that the Democrat media mob is now saying simply cannot be discussed because it constitutes far right or conspiracy theory beliefs. Yeah, and they're now calling for, of course, as you know already, Debbie, they're calling for him to be fired immediately from Fox News. Uh, it needs to be, again, uh, abolished, obliterated, uh, thrown in the trash, as we said, and demand to be fired. And this was, and, and, the, and the, um, the point of this, uh, what is uh, trending here, it just says he, ma- he made claims about uh, misleading, they call it, Debbie, misleading claims about the police killing of George Floyd. In other words, he had a different view, or at least said that drugs were probably a part of this. He said almost certainly. You know, it's beyond it. It's not a laughing matter. It is serious business. There is more where this comes from. But some of the things I want to talk to Debbie about today, too, is what are we going to do? How do we do this? Because I have to tell you right now that my sense is that uh, there's, I don't, I don't know how we come back from this. And, and I guess the bigger point is we're never going to agree with the Marxist left. I mean, people who love the Constitution, people who love America, people who are patriotic, people who stand for the flag at a sports game or any game or any time the flag, the, the, the anthem is played, we get goosebumps and naturally we stand because we're so proudful and pride of our nation and the history and the success of our nation. Uh, and uh, the American exceptionalism and what we stand for. What's even more alarming is they're not hiding it anymore. It's right out in the public square. Nothing is hidden anymore. The agenda is right out there. You know, at one time in America, there were certain things that were in the closet and you kind of never talked about them. It was okay. People had different views or ideas, but it just was that way. There is no more closet anymore. People throw their garbage out on the street for everybody to consume. And if you don't consume their garbage, then you're a racist right-wing SOB, right? Amongst many other words. And this is how it works now in this country. And we're getting to a point now where people are going to have to say, how do we get back, Malcolm? And, And I think we are looking at that, quite frankly. How do we get back? I almost want to start picking up the breadcrumbs if we left them to see where, where were we again? Would you remind me, please? I got lost in the, in the next chapter. I'd like to go back to the previous chapter, please. How do I do that exactly? Are there breadcrumbs in place or something like, how do I get back there? Uh, you know, it's a little dangerous as to what's ahead. What, what's around the curve? I don't really know what's around the curve, people. But what I see right now is frightening. It should scare everybody. And it should absolutely scare my friends on the left. Yeah, we do have friends on the left. It should scare the, the independents and the moderates, the left of center. And when they do come for them, then I guess that's, and will it be too late? That really is the quandary in all this, isn't it? I mean, you know, you don't have to hyperventilate or, or blow a gasket here to really understand the problem. You understand what I mean? I mean, we could just talk very quietly and civilly about the problem and understand that it's uh, what's happening right now is beyond comprehension for many of us. We can't even recognize this. We can't recognize this country. And it's scary as hell. One of the things I want to, again, let me bring out to you, and I, I think it's important, and I absolutely endorse Shop to the Right, and I, and I want Debbie to hear me on this as well. If she's listening here, shoptotheright.com. 
It is a new nationwide database. It is a group of patriots, a group of patriots, veterans, and, and people that love their country. And what's happened is they've got together and they've created a database to be able to attract like-minded people so that you're not spending your money with uh, extremists on the far left or Marxist views or people who want to taint and destroy our nation. I mean, you have to know where, where people are spending their money. If they're sending it to, you know, uh, to the Antifa, the fascists, or the Senate to the Black Lives Matter, or they're sending it to China, our adversaries, uh, then I think you should be aware of that. Now, if you're okay with that, and that's your political philosophy and stripe, then, okay, you're okay with it. Then you probably don't want to go to shoptotheright.com. You probably don't want to shop, you know, you probably want to keep going with the uh, the, the kind of players you're doing. Because there's a lot of the people we frequent on a regular basis that's what's happening is uh, they're investing their money into these Marxist groups and our foreign adversaries. That's not a healthy diet for our country. And so I ask you to pause a moment. Don't make convenience the first line of, of defense or offense for you. Don't, don't make convenience the whole parade is what I'm asking. Yeah, it's easy to go to Amazon for many people. I don't shop there. I don't shop there out of principle. It was just like, I don't, you don't find me at Starbucks anymore. Again, I, I just don't like their views. That's my right. It's my privilege. Again, until they force us, what are they going to do next? They're going to handcuff us and force us. You will go there. You will shop there, Mr. Malcolm, and you will shut the hell up. Is that what's happening next? Right? That we need to shop there. We need to go there. We need to support the Marxist people. You really have to wonder and shake your head, don't you know? <laughs> wow. Shop to the right, people. So it's a nationwide database. You can go there. It's listed by category. You can look at geography. You can find vendors of people that have like-minded values like yourself. And even more than that, you can list your business for free. If you have a business or someone that has a business, you can list it there for free and be part of a nationwide database. Check it out, please. Shoptotheright.com. We're going to take a pause here. And we'll be back with Debbie Georgiatis just after this. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Well, my fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, you were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list. And they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. 
Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We are talking about tyranny in the public square and what has taken place. It's, you can't even use the word like censorship or hypocrisy, you know, extreme. A lot of these words don't mean anything anymore. You know, because at one point you're saying, oh, the hypocrisy in that. It's like, oh, that's a big word. That must mean something, but it doesn't mean anything anymore, people, because it's it's just in the public. It's all in the public square now. It's expected. It's routine. And I've given you multiple examples here. And we're, and we're going to keep going on trying to find some solutions here. And joining me back here is Debbie Georgiatis. And Debbie hosts a conservative talk show, America Can We Talk. This other example I want to throw at you real quick, and then I want to get on to some other stuff here. Rick Scott. Okay. You know, the Senator, the former governor. Yeah. So I seen him trending and I thought, now what did Rick do? I mean, come on. And he's trending. I'm seeing all the, again, they're asking him to resign. They're asking him to see. So what happened is, so Senator Scott, he told reporters after these explicit videos of people trying to attack the Capitol on the, uh, you know, at the Senate impeachment trial, he said, the impeachment trial is a complete waste of time. Oh, my God. I, we were aghast at that, Debbie. It's like, what is the matter with this fool? I mean, the, he would say such a thing. He's another one that should be sent home without dinner or sent to the dungeon. He's a bad boy oh, for saying that, the senator. And so I'm looking at a lot of the r- remarks here, Debbie, and um, it, uh, it, it's interesting. One guy says, why is Josh Hawley still in the Senate? Expel that MAGA traitor indict him, convict him, send him to prison. This is what they want. They want death to you. When you have any other thought, they, they want you, they, it, which you reference as a cancel culture, but they really mean a death culture, I think is what they mean. They don't want these people to breathe anymore. And the comments on this Rick Scott thing are, they're unbelievable what people are saying, just because he had a point of view that expressed that he thinks it's a complete waste of time. So now he should be sent to the dungeon as well, Debbie. What do you make of it? It's truly amazing the audacity people have. And it's actually fomented and informed by leaders on the American left who put out just spewing anger 
for someone like Josh Hawley, who exercised his statutory right to challenge certain of the electors that he felt the states from which those elector, electoral college votes came. Uh, the states themselves had said, you know, we think we have a problem here, could we review them? But he's exercising his statutory right under federal law as a Senator to challenge some of them. And there's no reasoning process. There's no, uh, you know, laying out of why he was correct or incorrect about what, what votes he challenged. They go instantly from he did something inconsistent with what the left says you must do, and he must be sent home, or as you say, sent to the dungeon. And I, it, it is ignorance among American voters thinking that this is how our process works, that if someone does something you don't like, that you, you just pile on social media and demand their, um, not maybe death, but their removal, their canceling. Um, we, we have a, a certain segment of society worked, lathered up into thinking this constitutes intelligent involvement in the American political system. Someone did something I don't like. And so my, my recourse is to get hysterical on media and demand he be gone. As to Senator Rick Scott, I don't, didn't hear his whole quote, um, but he, the idea that this entire impeachment trial is a waste of time, if what he's saying is, because everyone can see that the Senate is not going to convict you know, vote to remove the president who's not even in office anymore, but the Senate isn't going to vote to remove him. And so it's just, you know, I, I was calling, it, it's just kind of a freak show. It's just a, it's just a, it is a, a publicity stunt on the part of the Democrats in Washington thinking, let us put all of this out there one more time so the American people can see what happened on January 6th, even though America has seen it ad nauseum. And it's entirely with a political agenda to cancel President Trump, cancel the Trump agenda, tell the Trump voters you're never going to be listened to again. You don't ever challenge a ruling elite. There's a very, uh, not just that Rick Scott's point about it's a waste of time. There's a sinister intent on the part of the Democrats in, in playing this out. When they can see he won't be removed, all they're trying to do is foment the agitation and division and anger in this country they know he won't be removed. So what is the reason to do this? And it's exactly what I said, because they think they can help divide America. So this cancel culture is dangerous. And it, it's uh, the usually the most vehement among those saying things like this person you were quoting, who's saying Josh Hawley should be canceled and sent home are also the most ill-informed. Yeah, so with, with Scott, I mean, uh, your points about the whole impeachment thing are very relevant. No, they're not. First of all, how do you impeach uh, a president out of office? Others are saying, well, it's so that he can never run again. And that's not even ironclad as well. There's no law that says that, by the way. Uh, and well, let me ask you that. You're, you're, you're an attorney yourself. I mean, do you know of a law that says that? I don't believe there is one that says that if he's impeached, he can never run for office again. But that's what some of them are suggesting. But I don't see that anywhere. I think the argument, I think it's an unsettled question of law, but the argument is under the 14th Amendment, which I don't have the exact language in front of me, but under that, um, if he were to be convicted by the Senate under the language of the 14th Amendment at, with respect to inciting insurrection, that is a consequence they would claim flows from that, is that he cannot run again. But I think that's an unsettled question of law. But right. back to your other point, or at some point, I hope we can get to, you're talking about how we fight on our side. Right. And I do, you know, I, you may have seen the statistic yesterday or a couple of days ago, there was a poll that saying nearly half of Democrats and nearly half Republicans think we're headed to civil war in this country. Right. Right. And I don't, I, I'm not advocating that. I'm saying we don't want to get there to bloodshed. So what we have to do instead is work the ways that we are committed to work and to uncover, um, to, to, 
reassert American freedom, to reassert the freedom of speech, to um, and to reassert the right idea of a constitutional republic rather than a uh, Marxist tyranny, um, which we seem to be progressing right. toward now. I, I, now, I want to explore more of that in just a second. When you talk about, when you bring up the words civil war, which come up quite a bit now in circles here, uh, but also this, how do we move forward? Put Leave that right there a moment. There's another thing I want to ask you first here, uh, and it's this, Debbie. When you look at how you know, some of the examples we're talking about, how extreme the conversation is and how empowered, empowered the Marxist left is, how empowered the cancel culture is, how, how empowered this takedown movement is, here's what I'm wondering is, it, it seems like we got so fast, so so out there in the public square on this cancel crack uh, that everybody is now putting into their system. And no matter what you say, whether any of the examples I say, whether it's Lucasfilms, uh, whether it's the Tucker Carlson thing, the Rick Scott, whatever, now you're you know you're in the dungeon. You're canceled. You're no good. We, we you have no soul. We we wish you death. I mean, it's like it's like the old thing where they did in the public square and they hung you by by the, the judge and jury. You're guilty and you're you're hung there in the public square. And I'm wondering here what you think here. Now, listen, I, I say a lot of this has been building for some time. And I'm, I'm guessing that Donald Trump, uh, I, I'm guessing he he either brought out the best or the worst. I'm thinking what would have happened in our country, Debbie? I think to myself this year, if Trump had never become president. So like, for instance, when you think of what Trump did to the entire political spectrum in that four years, I mean, he completely blew it all up and he was a threat to all of them, the left, the right. He was a threat to Republicans, Democrats, independents, communists, the whole damn parade. It's like he tipped the whole parade upside down backwards and scared the hell out of everybody, exposing stuff, running around like, like almost like he thought he was a citizen of the country and had a right to know all this stuff. And we never really did get there with a lot of it. But had he not become president, I guess some people would suggest if Hillary Clinton had become the president, we would have just got there faster, quicker, sooner back to the frog in the pot, which has been burning and burning up for some time now. And then it's like, oh, my God, it's like so hot in here. I'm dead. I can't jump out anymore. We're, we're toast now. Is that where America's going? And so if Trump didn't get in there, that, you know, would that have happened sooner? Yes. And then when you say, well, all right, but he is in there, Malcolm. Okay, so then what did he really accomplish? Well, what he probably accomplished, Debbie, I'm guessing, is he he exposed a lot, sure, but he also brought a lot of this forward. We, we probably are dealing with 30 years of, of um, evilness and, you know, uh, just, I don't know, stuff we put away that we, we were in the closet. We never really talked about Debbie, I guess I'm saying. But now like Trump, so was it good or bad? Did he just get us there quicker? Or did he enrage and alarm and engage everybody so much that they, they hate Trump, they hate the right, they hate, they hate the constitution, they hate the flag, they hate America, they hate the whole damn program, Debbie. What, what is it? That is such a great question. And I will tell you, I'm so glad you asked exactly this topic. To be really clear with your listeners before I give my answer, during the 2016 primary, uh, we supported Ted Cruz. Uh, you know, we're Texans and we know him and we supported him. So I was not on with the Trump agenda until he was the only candidate left on the right. And we got behind him. But I have been watching the Trump administration for the past four years and the changes it brought to America. And, and in response to your question, 
Number one, what Trump did more than anything else, in my view, is he re-engaged the American people to believe in the idea of the goodness of America. We had unconsciously become subjected mm -hmm. to the leftist. Yeah. It didn't begin with Trump. It didn't even begin with, with President Obama. It began decades ago with a the leftist in academia, in Hollywood, in culture, in music, is in society generally, the leftist derision and criticism of America as a nation that had a bad history. It was founded by you know, white slave owners. It was the history, our military history, our foreign policy history, our society itself was evil and bad. These messages have been, have been spread around by the left for decades leading up to uh, where we are now. And so we have many young people who emerge from college thinking they're informed because they love Marxism, they love socialism, they see capitalism as evil and racist, they think America is that too. So we had people trained in our culture to dislike America, to think of America was bad. What Trump did, and I don't even think he was honestly ideologically tuned in to the depth of what he was saying, but he just said, this is a great country with a great and proud history, with a great and good people. He restored respect and love for America. And many people who've been watching our society's, uh, you know, kind of ongoing slow motion suicide attack of ourselves, many people said, yeah, you know, Trump is right. We are a good country. We're not perfect, but we're a good country. We have a noble military history. We have a noble history of overcoming slavery in this, in, in our, and in, in segregation. And we are a great country. So he restored respect for America, love for America. And the second thing he restored among the American people was the concept that we actually are a country rooted in we the people. We the people are the sovereign. We actually, are, we're not like the monarchy was before we had the revolution. We the people are the sovereign and we the people have the right to expect our government to listen to us, to create policy that, that nurtures and protects and, and aids the American people. So you bring jobs back to America. So you don't have a bunch of you know, plantation uh, people across the country waiting for the government plantation to send the next check because you can't find a job. He restored love of freedom. He exposed socialism, that moment in that um, speech, uh, one of his State of the Union speeches where Trump basically said, you know, uh, when the cameras panned to Bernie Sanders, we are not a socialist country. He restored all of those things, love of America, the, the idea of the American people that we have the right to be represented by our government. And what he really exposed was a ruling elite in Washington, which is really a uniparty ruling elite that had become cushy and comfortable and settle in in their power. And they could go back to their constituents and give speeches about, I stand for X, and I'm gonna fight for Y. And they went back to Washington and they stood for what their lobby lobbyist donors wanted, what the international elites wanted. They just became lulled into accepting more of a, a notion of America, not that great. And it's not our job to fight for it. So that's what Trump really restored. And because he did that, it brought in a clearer focus for the American people, what the left have been up to for decades, which is denigrating America, denigrating the ideas of America's founding, denigrating capitalism and free markets and a free people with rights from God, simply because you were born as the declaration says. So it was an amazing juxtaposition in history. The left was on the rise thinking they had pretty much gotten around where they were going to create the fundamental transformation. America is gonna be under the control of Marxism and 
And then you had Trump come along and shock the daylights out of everyone by winning the election in 2016 and then moving forward and putting his ideas in place, mostly through executive order, given that the, he didn't even have the Republicans when he had the majority that didn't get behind him. So Trump was a, you know, um, I mean, a game changer. There will be books written, I'm sure, by the dozens, a game changer in American history for restoring, restoring love of America. He did not. And, you know, it's interesting. People keep pointing to Trump as he was so divisive. That's why he had to be voted out. The truth is his popularity among his voters remained constant. Well, when people say that he he had a you know a chaotic impact on American culture, that he was divisive, the fact is his voters and supporters love him. They don't. I mean, they may not love all his tweets or love everything right. about his personality or his life history. They love what he said about America, and that's what they want America to be. And that's why they're still they're emboldened now. You talk about the left feeling empowered, but the the base of American freedom loving people are empowered for the first time in a long time, saying, "No, we're not going to just ex- go back to ruling elite controls everything." Okay. All right. Well, then now let's talk about what you say there, and this is the last big big point we got to make. We both agree that Donald Trump increased the bandwidth, is the way I would say it, Debbie. He increased the bandwidth of this conversation that has been building for decades in this country. We all know it. And he put it on steroids. And now here it is in the public square and everybody can see it. And that's what he did. And as I've told everybody repeatedly, that we were living, I told you years ago, we were living through a historical moment of time. They will be talking about this 100 and 200 years from now. You've just lived through one of the most historical moments, which is, again, uh, not just this election, but the COVID, but everything that has happened through the Trump era, for sure. Here's the thing. You point out some really good things there about the emboldenedness. We know the left is emboldened. You just said as well, well, the right is also emboldened now. They want their freedom. They want their patriotism. Uh, Trump made it cool again to stand for the flag and to be appreciative of the country that we love so much. And so now you've got these two extremist viewpoints because it ha- it is really, uh, it's crazy to be saying this, Debbie, but it is a, it's really been coined now as an extremist viewpoint to be patriotic and support law enforcement, support our military, love the flag, love America, is about now been referenced as an extremist viewpoint. And they have a whole bunch of adjectives that come with that. So here's when you say, now you said, oh, about 10 minutes ago. And here's what I want to say to you. People say, well, you you said something like, well, I don't think we want a civil war, but, you know, is it really there? And, and, And I hear people say that in my ear. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, cool. But what does that really mean? So like, what's the opposite? And, and I, I'm really, I'm going to say some things here that, uh, again, I would be censored for, for sure. And be that's what I can do it on my show. I just can't put it in the post because we, we own this. They don't own this, you see. But, but here's the thing. How do we coexist? How do we coexist? Here's what I can't understand. I'm going to ask every patriotic conservative intellect, brilliant mind like Debbie here, uh, George Addis and everyone else I meet this question because here's what I don't get. How do we draw a conclusion? How do we, we can't unify with them clearly. How do we coexist with the Marxist left that are clearly all over our country, they're all over our public square. They're damning us to hell, to the dungeon. They want it their way or the highway. And so we, and then you say, well, we have a civil war over here. We don't really want that. No, 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 no. Oh, we want to, 
talk nice. Let's talk nice. Okay, cool. What the hell does that mean? We're going to throw everybody off of everything. You can't really talk to the left because it's their way or they don't, they just throw you away. They cancel you. You're a piece of, you know, POS. So then, Debbie, where are we really at? Where's the middle ground? Because I don't see a middle ground. Are we having a civil war? Is that where we're headed? And we just don't want to admit it. Or are we going to unify with the Marxist left and the communists and hold hands and sing Kumbaya in the sun and somehow figure this damn thing out? Because I think we're in a heap of trouble, Debbie. I would agree we are at a very tense time. However, number one, I do not agree that America, and you didn't say this, but many people say, well, we're about a 50-50 nation, 50%, you know, Marxist left, 50% America loving patriot. I don't think so. I actually think that we are far more like a 70-30, meaning most people still want America to be America. And I don't have it one particular data point to I can uh, direct you to, but I, I firmly believe that. I even think that a significant plurality and perhaps majority of the voters who voted for President Biden had absolutely no idea what they were voting for and they don't want his agenda. And when they figure out what it is, they will stand up. So my arguments of what to do path forward, number one, we have to support the new alternative media platforms where you don't get kicked off. Rumble.com is one of them. And their parlor is allegedly coming back. I'm not sure if it's back or not, but there will be more alternative media and they're uh, developed as Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube continue to censor people. And so you've got to support the alternative media. Number two is you have to find the sources of truth you believe in and go to their websites. Uh, going to your website, Malcolm, is, is vital, I'm sure, for your listeners. Going to my website, americacanwetalk.org. Instead of trying to find uh, big uh, social media platforms, find the voices you believe in. I, I, um, I always say I speak truth about America. My website's one. I'm sure yours is one. There are others. Number three, the Republicans actually retained a majority or a significant plurality in 30, three zero states in this country. So we have power in the states. And so there has to be uh, within the states, there has to be a willingness to stand up. And so I, I noticed one, I think it was South Dakota uh, state senator or state rep put, uh, introduced a bill saying we will not follow any unconstitutional orders, uh, including this HR1, which is this astonishing power grab by the American left. In Congress, HR1 is basically legalizing and mandating every conceivable form of voter fraud, outlawing any election integrity procedures. It is an outrage. The states can stand up and, and assert themselves and say, you have no constitutional power to pass this and we're not going to follow it. You have to get behind candidates, identify the candidates who are either on Democrat uh, office holders in Congress, but in red states or in really close districts, get behind one person, say, I'm gonna back the, uh, the conservative who's running in this seat. I'm gonna try to remove the Democrats in a, in a wobbly district who could go Republican. Right challenge the rhinos, you got to get involved politically because uh, the, the bloodshed thing is not out of the question, but I don't want that. And I think most mm -hmm. Americans don't want it, but we have avenues available to fight. And those are, you know, run candidates, push the red, there's a whole agenda going, what red, red states yeah. can do to push back against the, um, against the leftists. And then the other thing you mentioned, I had never heard shop to the right.com, but now I'm going to go to it, mm -hmm. but you know, Goya foods, uh, bed, bath and beyond one of my favorite stores. Like I hang out there practically. And I went and, and talked to the manager a couple of days ago and said, I can't shop here anymore because you got rid of my pillow. And they, they by the way, sell things created by Ellen DeGeneres, who's known to be a leftist. I, you know, the notion of being a little bit polite 
non-confrontational, no bad words, no raising your voice, but be firm and tell these businesses not shopping here anymore, Bed Bath & Beyond, stop giving in. And I just said, you're giving in to the political pressure of the American left. You don't have to do that. You can, and I know this manager, it isn't his job, but it's somebody's job at at that company. The people who love America, the majority of Mm -hmm. Americans who voted for Trump have a lot of power if they'll use it and they've got to use it. Uh, And there's, because I think that's where we are. We have to use the avenues we have to fight. And those are some of them. Yeah, Debbie, you you are so, you speak so well about these things. And uh, that is Debbie Georgiatis. And uh, such a privilege to have her on and, and uh, introduce you to her. And again, her, her website, uh, she definitely got some great content. Uh, America Can We Talk? Uh, org. Uh, check out Debbie, America Can We Talk? I like her. She's an attorney, uh, brilliant, as you can hear her already, her thoughts, her clarion thoughts. Uh, I knew there would be a great connection, and uh, and there is. I, I mean, I, I like her a lot. Uh, and so somebody I would definitely hang out with and have a drink and say hello, and I'm sure you would out there as well, and that's the way to look at it, right? Uh, Debbie says some remarkable things there. I agree with her on the 70-30. I absolutely agree with that. And I want you to understand what that means. It's not 50-50 in this country. She's right. She's correct. And it, it's really, I'm telling you, middle America. It's its the, the red of America. The people who love our country, it's the majority of them. It's just the extreme. Uh, they they It's that... Um, squeaky wheel, you know, the, the right, you heard that as a kid, the squeaky wheel gets the, the grease or the oil or it gets the attention. Uh, that's what it is with the extremists. Uh, and, you know, we can't have that, obviously, right? Uh, but that's what's happening. And so they're the loudest voices and they're running around crazy, reckless, banging things up, bruising things up. And that's the problem here. Uh, you know, I agree with a lot of things. I, I don't quite know where it's all headed. As you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball here. Uh, you know, I don't like to throw around the words uh, civil war and that kind of thing. It, it gets silly and it just sounds crazy. But we're headed somewhere, people, for sure. I, I've repeated this to you many, many, many times. Uh, it's We're not going to be able to unite with the communist left and the, the Marxists and the takeover of the Democrat Party is very clear. I mean, and they're trying to camouflage it. The the Democrat operatives in the middle of the road who still make a lot of money from Washington, those operatives, they're camouflaging all, but they know we're in a heap of trouble. They're just not admitting it. There are some things that we're not willing to compromise. There are some things we're not willing to sell out on. And this country is certainly at the top of that list and God almighty is at the very top of that list. So we're pro-Christian and pro-America. We're pro-Constitution. And it's a beautiful day in America. And we have to fight for that. And we have to get to that other 25, 30%. We have to remind them of the beauty of this nation and the beauty of our liberty. We've got to get busy and do that. We have to invite them in. And we're not going to do that, screaming our heads off and calling everybody four-letter words and losers. It's not going to work. Let the extremists be the extremists. We're going to have to take another approach, which is what we're doing here at America Out Loud. It's what we're doing on a lot of sites, and there are a lot more happening. We're going to stay on this. This is the big mission. It's why I'm I'm here talking to you today. It is a mission of a lifetime, and it's one that I've accepted, and I'm here for the fight forward. Thank you, my fellow Americans, for being with me on the mission. It's time to get involved and get loud.